Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Warning. You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Welcome to Battleground Live. I'm your host, Sean Parnell. I'm a combat veteran. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. And more important than both of those things, I am a humble servant of America. That's what this show is all about. It's about protecting the greatest country on the face of the planet and about bringing you straight facts and truth so you can stand on that pillar of truth and fight back against radical leftist lies. We've got a huge show today. I'm obviously... Uh, the GOP debates were yesterday. Um, frankly, I'm I'm just going to just say it. They were kind of boring. The format kind of sucked where you had eight different candidates up there. No one really stood out. Um, after the debate, we had uh, Don Jr. was there along with a, a bunch of other Trump surrogates. I think uh, Congressman Matt Gates was there. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was there. Um, initially, there was some back and forth. Like they They had passes to the debate. Um, then Fox, I think, along with the RNC, denied them access to the spin room. And then there was word um, on the night of the debate that they were going to be allowed. So lots of back and forth. Don Jr. was there uh, with his amazing fiance, Kimberly. Uh, and turns out at the end of the day, all of these all of these people, all of these Trump surrogates were not allowed in the spin room after the debate. Now, um, I've got video of that, uh, of an exchange uh, where, where Don Jr. is talking. He's doing a stand-up press conference where he's talking to the media about that. Um, I want to show that to you right off the top. Right now, trying to ban people from actually having discourse about politics. Uh, How un probably, probably shouldn't surprise any of us, uh, but that's what it is. And I've been told by others that I would be able to go in. So they said we were able to go in, then they said they were in now that we're here. Wait, and the candidate that said you can't go in the spin room. They're telling me right He's now, Fox, Fox won't let that. me into the spin but room. That's what the American people Fox should know. News, this sir? is the kind of thing. They're telling they him, are. he works for security here, but they're telling him that I'm not allowed to go in there. Because the candidates that they've been boosting while simultaneously trying to cut down Trump for the last, what, two years, didn't perform as they had hoped 
so they can't have someone who can maybe be a representative of my father. Just like a few weeks ago when I was canceled after the first indictment, I was scheduled to go on. And about five minutes before I'm on, I found out I'm no longer on because apparently I wouldn't be a great surrogate to talk about my father's indictment. Just so we understand what we're dealing with here. So it shouldn't surprise any of us. And it's also why Trump was 100% right to not go to this debate. Exactly. It's beneath him. And when you know that you're walking into a setup because of exactly these kinds of circumstances, you understand exactly what's going on in mainstream media, even conservative. It's very I like to knock. I like to knock the one the side, but I got to call balls and strikes. This is no different than what we see from the Democrats. It's no different than what we're seeing from the Fulton County DA when they're trying to put a gag order on Donald Trump so he can't defend himself in court proceedings. And more importantly, to function as an intimidation tactic for anyone else who would defend him, where the DA there is then saying, hey, we're going to add you people to the indictment if you take part in this. I don't know, guys. Doesn't reek of democracy. All the people that have been screaming that for the last six or so years, especially during the Trump presidency, when I believe we had a lot more freedom uh, than we do now, or certainly since this administration's taken over, are strangely quiet. But I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Well, look, I this is kind of a head scratcher to me, because if you're Fox News now, of course, we know uh, President Trump is not at the debate. And I have to say I kind of understand his perspective on this. The whole idea of many of these candidates, you know, pushing this BS that, oh, Donald Trump is a coward for not debating. Oh, really? The man who's been indicted uh, four times, he's set to be arrested tonight at 730. You're calling this man a coward when he has stood on the damn parapet for this country for four years while in office and taken arrows for all of us every time. President Trump is out there doing rallies. He's talking about, hey, they're coming after you, ultimately coming after you. I'm just standing in their way and they're trying to take them out. Um, folks, I've got a very, very special guest I want to get right to. Um, my very good friend. He's just a fantastic human being. It's Donald Trump Jr. Don, uh, this is a great moment, man. Welcome to Battleground yeah. Live. It's great to have you, brother. Good to be with you, buddy. Good to be with you. How's it going? It's going really good. And I have to say, it, it, it would have been a lot better for me if I got a chance to see you in the spin room after the debate. What the hell happened? Yeah. You know, I was told I could go in there. I started walking through it. You know, I'm pretty well recognized in Republican circles. So <laughs> sort of you know, walked through the first like three lines of security, you know, got into the room and Fox News security, you can't go any further. I was like, what? Like, yeah, you know, you know <laughs> I get that. I get that Fox was televising the event, but it's a Republican National Committee event. Uh, they blocked Matt Gates, a congressman, a sitting congressman, uh, you know, from going on. They blocked Marjorie Taylor Greene from going in, but they stopped Kim and I, uh, you know, at the door. You can't go any further now because, again, I got in pretty far. One or two press people noticed they ran over and within a few seconds there was 30 around me. So I still made my points, but they were basically trying to prevent me from going on other TV. Uh, you know, I haven't been on Fox since August of last year uh, when I used to be on. As you know, we first met in like Fox Studios. Yes. Uh, years ago now. Uh, I haven't been on in a year and a half, almost a, well, a little over a year. Uh, at the time when I guess I was cut off from being able to go on Fox, I was, I think, polling, not on purpose, but just by choices, uh, two or three in the Republican primary myself, <laughs> You know, even with my father in it, which was interesting and made for uh, awkward Thanksgiving uh, conversations. Uh, <laughs> 
you, you can imagine how that went, Sean. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah but, I can. Uh, so, like, Don, this is a little bit of a head scratcher for me from Fox News. I mean, obviously, there's there's absolutely zero incentive for your father to do this debate. It was it was 100 yeah. percent the right call. I mean, the guy's 50, 60 points above anybody else in this race. Why? Why diminish yourself to just take attacks by, of course, probably the moderators and also the candidates on the stage? But like Fox, it's about ratings. And what yeah. having you on there would have been a ratings bonanza for them. So it just doesn't make any sense to me why they wouldn't want you there with all of these other candidates. Well, it, it, it does if you look at it in the in the way that I think everyone's sort of figuring it out, Sean. Right? They want to control the narrative. They want to decide who's the president. They want that person beholden to them, totally subservient to every whim. I mean, they've been giving, uh, you know. They've been fluffing Ron DeSantis for the last two years. The problem is Ron DeSantis failed miserably. You know, Ron DeSantis likes to steal and stole my father's campaign-like slogan about a, a nation in decline. He used it about 15 times last night because he's actually incapable of an original thought. You know, when he when he had it was all robotic. Well, I'll use the military on the border against the cartels. Great, another Trump idea from a year ago. Like, not an original thought. The things that actually got applause were basically things he plagiarized from Trump's campaign. And and you could see, even when he like interrupted once, like it was like, okay, here's the time that I can use the planned interruption to seem like I'm not a freaking robot. And you know, he failed. He got destroyed by Vivek. He was the the only things that got applause were basically plagiarizing Trump. And he needed a moment. Uh, you know, uh, we we talked about this a little bit, I think, when you were on my podcast, but like, you know, he did great when he wasn't in the race. And for 18 months, he had paid influencers clipping him and made it seem like it was an attack on Trump. So he wasn't directly engaging. But now that you're the big guy and you got to be on the stage and maybe you're number two at this point, it seems like he's number three or four based on a lot of the polling I'm seeing. You know, it's not a nation in decline. It's his campaign that's actually in decline. And, you know, you have to be the guy. You have to be on the stage. And once you get to know him and see him, you realize it's like, Oh, he's bought and paid for. Vivek actually nailed that 100%. And you could tell 100 The number one thing was when, hey, would you pardon Trump based on the weaponization? And he, he's looking around like panic, like a deer in the headlights. It was actually pathetic, right? This is a grown man. Like, you're going to be president of the United States. Like, you're, he's like, where's my donors? What, what can I say? Uh, may, <sighs> may, maybe I'll do it. You know, if, if you Don, can't figure I, that I, out and you don't realize it's going to happen to you and you've experienced this and I've experienced this. Uh, you don't belong on that stage and you certainly don't belong I, as president of the United States. I mean, so failed I, miserably. I, I think the American people are tired of, of politicians hemming and hauling and testing the political winds prior to making a decision. They're tired of people not taking a stand for things, which obviously your father doesn't have that problem. I have one last question before uh, before I got to let, uh, let you go. I know you have a hard out, but your father is set to report in uh, to Georgia yeah. tonight. And, and as part of taking part in one of these BS political persecutions, it'll be his fourth one. How are you doing? How's your family holding up? I mean, because all the political bullshit aside, uh, it, like he's your dad. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, again, that stuff's real. Like, you know, that, that's the, the point of last night. Like no one actually discussed the, really what are they going to do to take on Biden? What are they going to do about the weaponization of I mean, like that those things like how about the mutilation of children? Like. It wasn't like a serious conversation last night. Like it wasn't like, you know, the environment is the number one thing for young people. Like a, <laughs> really, at, a, at a Republican, like at a Republican <laughs> primary debate, like what's going on? Uh, you know, but the reality is, Sean, we've gotten used to this. It's, you know, they wanted to try me for treason, a crime, as you know, punishable by death. 
they said that the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee said that on TV numerous times. I believe Nancy Pelosi and the head, you know, head of the Senate were saying these things about me. So like we, we've gotten used to this as an indictment number four. Uh, they're picking venues where, you know, Trump's never going to get a fair trial. Uh, you know, that's what they're trying to do. So, you know, we should probably be re- reacting differently to this. Um, but we've gotten used to it. And, you know, to watch Fox News basically function like the Fulton County DA and try to put a gag order on anyone that could actually speak uh, for the guy that's leading the presidential uh, Republican side of the race uh, by so much, you know, shows you how much they're just like the Democrats. And it's really about that uni party. And the reason they're doing that and the reason that Democrats are doing that is because Trump's the only one that's actually a threat. I, what I, I missed when I came in, I heard the thing, I guess you were sort of answering the last bit of the question about someone, Trump's a coward for not going. No, Trump's brilliant for not going. I saw the audience. It became sort of Trump, but you could see stacked with all the billionaire donors and the billionaire fundraisers and all of this. Uh, you, you could see when they cut out, they went right to the pro DeSantis commercial and right to the Vivek attack ad after that because Vivek you know, just destroyed him and totally outperformed him. Like Trump didn't walk into the trap. That doesn't make him a coward. That makes him smart. Trump didn't become <laughs> a billionaire, good at everything he's ever done, win the presidency as someone who's never been in politics by being stupid and falling for, you know, the Paul Ryan, like intellectual lightweight, you know, trap, uh, you know, where you give a guy polling at 0.1% two hours of unfettered access to be able to attack you. You wouldn't run your platoons that way. Uh, you you would see that trap. You would stop it. Uh, you know, so, you know, watching like Team Tiny D, you know, again, who needed a breakout performance and man, it, like, it, honestly, it's just it, it was so embarrassing. It's not even worth talking about him anymore because it, it's so over that every, everyone sees it. Like, uh, you know, uh, do with the coward talking points. It's like, yeah, ask, ask Jeb. Uh, you know, who was the governor of Florida and a career politician and, you know, was going to be the guy whose turn it was and he was going to win. And, you know, a, a bunch of other professionals that had done that Harvard debating champions. You know, Trump went in there as a neophyte, and, you know, ended <laughs> some careers uh, in, in those other debates. So to pretend he's a coward and that he's incapable of debating, like, I don't know, man, I don't think he has anything to prove. You can ask Republicans and you could ask Hillary. Uh, they all learned the hard Completely way. agree. I completely agree. I mean, your dad beat a Bush and a Clinton in the same election cycle. That's a pretty damn amazing thing that no one in this country's history has really ever been able to do. So, um, Don, I just want to tell you, man, like everybody that watches this show and listens to this show, we're all praying for you and pulling for you. And I I don't have to tell you that your dad has millions upon millions of people in this country that support what he's doing, that actually see the bullshit political persecution that you and your entire family are all going through right now for us. And that's not lost on us, uh, man. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us a little bit of your time tonight, brother. Appreciate it, buddy. Good to see you. And I look forward. We'll do we'll do the full thing sometime soon when things calm down a okay. little bit. If ever, okay. man. <laughs> all right. All right. Take care, brother. See you later. Be good, man. Have a good one. All right. See you, Don. Well, I have to say, I I that was powerful. I mean, because you look at like this, this we tend to see a lot of this stuff as like, oh, this is a news. This is news. Look at another Trump indictment. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, it, like it's almost like part of the news cycle. But for Don, and I, I know their family, Don and Kimberly, and then their children, and then sister, brother. I mean, this is real for them. I mean, when Adam Schiff went out there on the House floor 
and tried to charge Don Jr. or said Don Jr. needed to be charged with treason, that's a real thing for them. They're human beings that go through this and they don't deserve it. There's a cost to this stuff. And Donald Trump, when he ran, he came down that escalator, could have could have skated into his into his twilight years into his retirement as a billionaire that he was, who, by the way, every single one of these Democrats and Republicans, really the uniparty, the elites who who are so against him now, these people were lining up around the block to take checks from Donald Trump when they were running for office and waiting in line to go to his parties. They all loved him before he came down that escalator with an R after his name, hell bent and intent on saving this country. And I have to say, I completely agree with Don's assessment of the debate. Um, in so many ways, folks, it was just another step in the death of these other candidates' campaigns, and in some cases, their entire political careers. You look at the format, there were eight candidates. I think half of them weren't even polling at, at 1%. A whole point of a debate is to have a passionate back and forth with candidates. So you get a sense of where they are authentically on the issues. I think the debate in many ways, you know, with a lot of those hand raising questions, first of all, that stopped actual discourse in debate. And what it did was you know, gave way to what became a lot of softball questions or even just politically what I call political type responses, canned responses that were clearly written by consultants that candidates would then deliver as if uh, as if they were they were reading from a script right on stage. And I have to I have to say the American people are completely tired of that crap. Like we can sniff that, you know, authenticity. I'm going to say this right here at the top of the show. Authenticity in politics is the coin of the realm. People want it. They crave it. It's not about, you know, always saying things that people agree with. No, no, no. In fact, the opposite is true. You don't you you can approach campaigning like, look, there's no way in hell we're going to agree on every issue, but you can be damn well sure that I'm going to be honest with you and authentic with you. And that's what people want. People want to know that, you know, candidates who are running for whether it's local, state, federal office, Congress, Senate, governor, president, that when they meet someone and they talk with them eye to eye and they shake their hand, that they say these politicians, they say what they mean and they're going to do what they say and they're going to make good on their promises. And Donald Trump, say whatever the heck you want about him. The guy made good on his promises while in office. And the one area that I think he underestimated a little bit, and this comes from a place in Donald Trump's heart where he was a global businessman with tens of thousands of employees, worked with Democrats and Republicans on the regular. You know, even when Donald Trump got in office, you know, he 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 did everything that he could to heal this country. He said he wasn't going to, he, he wasn't going after Hillary Clinton. He wanted to be a unifier. Donald Trump just said last night on Tucker that he's not a, just president of Republicans. He's a, he's a president for everybody. He tried that and he was undermined every step of the way from these entrenched bureaucrats who you didn't elect. I didn't elect. Nobody pulled a damn lever for any of them, yet they undermined President Trump every single step of the way in the in, while he was in, in the White House for four straight years. And I'll tell you what, I know that President Trump is not going to make that mistake a second time. And that, folks, is why the establishment, the Uniparty are just terrified of him, because they know that if he gets in office again, he's going to be like a wrecking ball. OK, let's get right to DeSantis. I have to say. 
I, and I want to come right off the top rope saying this. I've said it before. I really like Ron DeSantis. I think he's a great guy. I think by and large, he was, he was the best governor in the country of Florida. Um, Ron DeSantis is at his best when he is hard-nosed, scrappy, and going toe-to-toe with the media. He, he, you remember during COVID, all those sound bites of him just locking horns with the media and taking them to task. We that, that Ron DeSantis has not been on the campaign trail, and I fear that you know he's he's listening to consultants and he's not himself. And I, I have to say, if his strategy, I mean, I unless his strategy, I should say, is wait and see if Donald Trump goes to prison. And then that then that plan, hope, strategy actually happens with a debate performance like he had last night. He ain't moving on a second place. In fact, you heard it here. He might even drop to third or fourth. You can't be in second place and not be yourself, not be aggressive. You can't just play it safe. You can't have a debate performance like that. Uh, and yeah, you might not have said anything that actively hurt you, although I do think he did one thing that's going to, again, it's going to stick with him. Um, and we'll get to that in a second, but you, you can't play it safe. You got to leave it all out in the field. And I say this as somebody who's run for office, you know, I've debated before. I know what it's like to debate. I know what it's like to be on that stage. I know what it's like to have butterflies in your stomach and be so nervous that you have to take a drink of water on every single commercial break. I know what it's like to be asked questions by a moderator. So I, I get that. I empathize with where he's coming from, but if you're down, you can't be milk toast. You can't just simply stay above the fray. You can't be forgettable. And I'm sorry to say it, that's what Ron DeSantis was last night. I want to cut right to this, this video, this DeSantis and Vivek exchange on Ukraine funding, because I think it will inform all of us as to just what he's lacking in terms of, of, of being a candidate and where he needs to go if he, wanted, if he wants to turn things around. Go ahead, and, go ahead and roll the tape. Is there anyone on stage who would not support the increase of more funding to Ukraine? We would not Europe, support it. Europe needs to step up. I mean, I would have Europe step up and do their job. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, you're, but you're saying you would not too, Governor DeSantis? I will have Europe do, pay, pull their weight. Uh, right would, now, they're not doing you that. Would not support and I think we need to do, to and I think our support should be contingent on them doing it. And I would have support in China uh, to be able to take uh, to be able to take China um, and do what we need to do with China. Mr. Ramaswamy, you would not support an increase of funding to Ukraine. I would not. And I think that this is disastrous that we are protecting against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States of America. We are driving Russia further into China's hands. The Russia-China alliance is the single greatest threat we face. And I find it offensive that we have professional politicians on the stage that will make a pilgrimage to Kiev, to their Pope, Zelensky, without doing the same thing for people in Maui or the south side of Chicago or Kensington. Wow. Uh, Wow. This is where Ron DeSantis is in trouble on the on the campaign trail. When I say that a performance is milk toast, it means that and I said it during the interview with Don as well, people are sick and tired of hemming and hauling and testing the political winds. Take a damn stand on something. The question was, are you going to cut off funding for Ukraine? Ron DeSantis's response was, I'm going to get Europe to do more. The question was, are you going to cut Ukraine's funding? preferring instead to maybe 
you know, put America first, maybe secure the southern border, maybe tackle fentanyl because it's number one cause of death, you know, maybe direct our collective focus of the military and our greatest geopolitical threat, which is not Russia, it's China. So there's a million ways he could have answered that question. But he, the fact of the matter is he didn't answer that question. And Vivek totally owns him. And I'll say this about Vivek. He understands where the base of this party is. You know, he was the only one on that stage. And I I have to say, by and large, I think six out of eight of them, maybe, maybe, maybe five out of eight, I actually like. They're really great people. Um, but but he just the base of this party is not for funding, you know, endless taxpayer dollars to Ukraine. They're just not. They're the the base of this party is America first. The base of this party is not going back to where the Republican Party was 10 years ago. And that's precisely how this debate felt to me. It felt like, I, you know, I, again, this is somebody people think that I just jumped into politics when I ran for Congress. No, I, I remember when Mike Kelly ran for office in 2010. I spoke to the House Republican Conference uh, or House Retreat in 2014 at the invitation of then Speaker Boehner. I've been advising members of the House and Senate for damn near 10 years. So I've been I've been intimately involved in in politics and elections and policy for a very, very long time. And it felt like watching this this Republican debate. It felt like I was watching a debate, you know, back when Mitt Romney was running for president. And I, it was almost as if I was watching all over again that, you know, the Republican primary debate back then where and I have to just say the party has completely moved on from that. And Vivek seemed like the only one that actually understood that. And this is why I think he's going to continue to surge after this debate and DeSantis might stall. Remember when I told you that authenticity was the coin of the realm? Um, I want to highlight this video as well. Um, you know, it, it, it's a video of Ron DeSantis. Clearly, again, I like Ron DeSantis. I really do. Best damn governor in America. I think his strategy on the campaign trail is all wrong. But check this video out in this smile. Everyone was talking about that, especially the base of the party uh, yes, yesterday night and today. Check this out. We will get the job done and I will not let you down. The smile. You hear it's I know it's a little bit hard to see maybe in that video. And uh, what we tried to do is pull home videos from people because what Fox News did with the debate is they're not allowing people to clip more than a couple minutes of actual debate footage and they're treating the footage, their exclusive access and rights to the debate as if it's like an NFL or NHL football game. They're not allowing people to use it. So um, try to pull home video from people to get a sense of like how they're actually reacting. And did you see those people? They said, oh, what? The smile, the smile. I mean, so people see the lack of authenticity. They can smell the canned consultant lines. They just can't. I'm just saying it would be better for Ron DeSantis if he just acted like himself, if he just said exactly how he felt. I am afraid that, you know, Ron DeSantis, man, if he ran in 2028, he would have been the front runner with the MAGA base behind him 150%. Um, but now we're in a spot where because of the way in which he's gone after President Trump, um, because of the way that he's alienated the base with the listless vessel comment. Now, he says it was taken out of context. I don't believe it was because he's called Joe Biden a listless vessel uh, before. Clearly a derogatory term meant to call someone dumb, demented, stupid, whatever. Um, you know, folks that don't critically think, I don't know. But I'm worried that, you know, 
he's he's hurting his actual legacy moving forward. And I've said it time and time again, if if he wants to salvage that legacy, I mean, frankly, it it might be too late. But if he wants to salvage that legacy, the best thing that he could do right now is say, look, I've got to put the country first. Watching President Trump being arrested by Fannie Willis, a radical DA funded Soros prosecutor in Georgia, is just a bridge too far for me. And I'm not going to dedicate a single penny, you know, uh, you know, running against Donald Trump, trying to challenge him for this primary. He's got to be the guy because these political persecutions just won't stand. If he did that, the entire MAGA base would rally around him. So would President Trump might even unite the party going into the going into the general election and be able to, you know, divert some what are precious resources to, you know, the structure of actual elections, the infrastructure of winning elections, ballot chasing, ballot harvesting in states where it's legal. I mean. There are, there are hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars and, that these candidates are raising that could be diverted to actually winning in swing states. And, and again, election infrastructure, that all that money's being thrown away as long as there are eight candidates on that stage. So, uh, you know, DeSantis could salvage his legacy if he does that. If he doesn't, I fear for his future. And go right to Vivek. I, I'll say, you know, he, this is just me, okay? He, he stood out to me as someone who understood the, the cultural moment that we're in. He understands where the base of this party is very, very well. He's well-spoken. He's articulate. And you look at the data, okay? You know, Vivek it was the top Google search beating out all the other candidates on this stage by more than four times. You know, and here's the most important thing. You know, debating and winning some of these elections, it's not about like, it's not about like you being a policy wonk. It's not about what bills you write. I, you know, if, if it were, you know, <laughs> maybe Donald Trump doesn't win the presidency. Uh, these debates are about showmanship. They're about owning the stage. They're about your bearing on the stage. Did you see Vivek in that clip with DeSantis, how he's smiling, he's pointing, he's putting his finger up in the air. Which way, which way is the wind blowing? He was a happy warrior. And people see that. They noticed that and he put on a show. And I think that's why he stood out to me. Um, he also had lines like this where he, he points out what, what he calls fake super PAC candidates delivering canned lines. Remember what I told you, you know, these consultants are this country is awash with consultants who who just want to make money from candidates. And they're putting these thoughts in candidates head. And what you get are canned lines on the debate stage, canned lines on the campaign trail. I know I've been there. I've run two campaigns. I know exactly how it is. Uh, but check out this line from Vivek. It's one of his standout moments of the night. Never let the deep state bureaucrats, never let the deep state bureaucrats lock you down. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring Fauci and you sit him down and you say, Anthony, you are fired. I just want to respond to Mike for one second because he invoked me back. Listen, now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. Not really, Mike, actually. We're just going to have some fun tonight. And the reality is, you have a bunch of people, professional politicians, super PAC puppets, following slogans handed over to them by their 400 fake super The real choice we face in this primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet? Or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about? Or do you want revolution? And I stand on the side of the American revolution. 
pay special attention to how people are reacting because, you know, these consultants and these candidates would be good to pull some of these home videos and just listen to how people react to their comportment, to their body language on stage. When DeSantis was like, you know, working his tongue, like, like making these faces, like they, these people, they commented on that live in the moment. They were laughing at how Vivek was trolling these candidates because people can smell inauthenticity. I mean, so it's just these videos, these home videos, again, I mean, they inform so well because it gives you a sense of how people are processing these moments sitting at home on their couches. Um, Vivek also had another standout line. In fact, many of the clips that we played tonight are going to be exchanges uh, of him with other candidates. But he talks specifically about climate change. And and and, the, and and I'll tell you this, the media has been spinning this in a way that is that is disingenuous. And I'll tell you why in a second. But let's go ahead and roll this next clip of Vivek. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for. So I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. Did you hear what he said? Now, the media has been awash of saying, you know, Vivek said that climate change is a hoax. I mean, all I heard, I mean, and I could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I, he said the climate change agenda is a hoax. Now, there, that's a very, very specific difference. The climate change agenda is not about the climate. OK, we know this. I've talked about this to you all before. It's about control. You are the carbon they want to control. They want to shunt this country into electric cars. That's why they're rolling them out by 2035. Um, they, they want you to have electric stoves. That's why they're trying to regulate this stuff. They want to make fuel, like want to make the cost of fuel, like go skyrocket through the roof to make it painful for you at the pump. Why? Because if they start rolling out social credit scores or they ever have a lockdown again, hey, look who said something online that I don't like. Well, let's cut off power to his house so he can't cook. Let's turn off his electric car so he can't drive. And until he repents for, you know, for wrong think, we're not going to give him access to this stuff again. I mean, this is all about control. And it's important that candidates speak out against that agenda. It's not about climate change. Climate change is a method by which they're going to assert control over us over us and these candidates these republican candidates if they don't recognize that then they don't belong on the debate stage this is why i've said over and over again that many of these candidates are not right for the moment because they're responding genuinely to a question about climate change it's not about climate change it's about the agenda that they're that they're using climate change to ram down our throats Climate change is not is not green. It is climate change. The climate change agenda is green, just painted red. It's communism. And it's important that Republicans or all candidates up and down the ballot understand and recognize that it ain't that that it ain't about the climate. It's about controlling you. Chris Christie. Let's move on to Chris Christie. Um, Chris Christie sucks. I don't like Chris Christie. He's one of the candidates that I told you that I don't like. And I told you before, he's running for president because he has a vendetta against President Trump. I told you that prior to the debate. OK, um, this is a guy that wanted to be Trump's vice president, didn't get picked for that, cried in his beer. Donald Trump gave him a chance, made him the head of his transition team. Found Donald Trump is elected on November 8th finds out that Chris Christie is cramming the Trump administration with a bunch of New Jersey cronies and lobbyists who were loyal to Chris Christie and not to President Trump. President Trump cleans house, 
fires Chris Christie. Chris Christie cries on CNN, go takes a half a million dollars a year, a half a million dollar a year job on on ABC being the useful idiot there who attacks Republicans, but primarily attacks President Trump. And he gets in this race with the express sole purpose of trying to kneecap President Trump. And it's disgusting. And so I want you to watch this clip. Uh, it's an ex- exchange between Vivek and Chris Christie. Okay. Um, Chris Christie, AKA Garden State Lizzo. Uh, go ahead and roll the tape. All signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Just hold on. So just be clear, Governor Christie, you were kind of late to the game there, but no, you raised I, your hand. No, I'm doing this. Look, <laughs> look, I'm doing this. And I this. know you didn't. Whoa, whoa. No. Come, what's the, no look, what, what, look, here's the, here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay? Now, and now whether or not, whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong. The conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. And, and, and you know, this is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth. Mr. Ramaswamy, you raised your hand supporting... No, I'd like to get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. <laughs> what did I tell you? I told you that the whole reason he was running for president was just to kneecap President Trump. He's just mad. He's trying to settle a vendetta. And what does that mean? It means he's putting himself in these petty conflicts before the country. So this is why I despise Chris Christie. Chris Christie is about Chris Christie and about no one else. And it sickens me. And also, he's the reason why we have Christopher Ray in charge of the FBI. He strongly recommended Christopher Ray to President Trump. President Trump, in good faith, took his advice, and now we're stuck with Christopher Ray. So let's zoom in on this video because this is the moment that I think will come to haunt Ron DeSantis as this campaign drags on. Uh, watch this and watch closely. If you would. <laughs> the question was, would you, would you support Donald Trump if he's convicted? <laughs> this watch. Ron DeSantis in that video looks around to his left, looks around to his right, sees Vivek's hands up, sees Nikki Haley's hands up, sees Tim Scott's hands up, and and he goes like this. He can't even bring himself to raise his hand fully. It's just he looked around, literally, he looked around to see what other people were doing and then raised his hand when he realized that his biggest competitors were had their hands raised as well. Now that is not what a leader does. That's not what leadership is about. And again, I talk about the moment. 
if these candidates and, and Chris Christie said, oh, it's not about the charges, whether you believe the charges. Damn right it is. It's if these charges are, are political persecutions and you believe that they're political persecutions. If you sit by and you, you just bypass that and say, well, the conduct that got President Trump there was unacceptable. Oh, what the contact, the conduct of recognizing an election that had serious, serious, serious problems and speaking out about it. And now that the Democrats are in power, they're so afraid of this guy that rather than run against him in an election, they want to put him in freaking jail. Then you're just going to bypass that and go to conduct. If that happens, if we allow that to happen, then we don't have a country anymore. Because if you think that they'll stop going after President Trump or stop at President Trump and not go after, you know, people on that debate stage next or every one of us, you are dead wrong. This problem is about so much more than Donald Trump and the, and the additional 18 people who are indicted. This problem is about they're, they're coming for us next. You watch, you mark my words. And the reason for that is the reason why they can't detach Donald Trump's base from him is because, and I've said this before, and I want this to resonate with you, is because they, it, it, the base of this country, the base of our Republican Party, they came before Donald Trump. Donald Trump was just the end result of it. So when Donald Trump says they're attacking him or he, he they're attacking you and that he's just in their way, he understands that the base came first. He's on the parapet protecting the rest of us. Once they take him down, they're coming for everybody else. You mark my words. Let's pivot to Pence here for just a second. Um, I want to say this. I, I like Mike Pence a lot. I've met him multiple times. I think he's a really great guy. Um, he's always been good to me. Um, again, I just think that he missed the moment last night. Again, watching Mike Pence, you know, it felt like he was running for president in the mid nineties. Doesn't make him a bad guy. Uh, but I do think that the, that, that, that these next clips that I'm about to show you are just total weak sauce from him. I mean, these are easy home run answers. And I'm going to explain to you why he answered the way that he did. And I'm sorry, like I'm always like going like this in my ears, my, my headset that I wore for tonight's show, the headphones that I usually wear, uh, they're not working. I had to throw in these AirPods and they're like all around in my ears. And if they, if they fall out, it'll be a disaster. So I'm sorry. I've like got my hands on my ears. Like I'm some sort of idiot, but, um, but, but this, this question should have been a home run for Mike Pence. If he answered it properly, I'm telling you, he would have skyrocketed in the polls. But he completely botched it. And I'm going to tell you why he answered the way that he did after you see this, after you see these couple clips. Check this out. Join me yeah. in making a commitment well that on day one you would pardon Donald Trump. I'm the only candidate on the stage who had the courage to actually say it. That is how we move our nation forward I don't know and turn the page forward. That That's exactly Trump right. Will be convicted of these crimes. You should make be able to make a commitment. The same oh. justice system that was this Rebecca, corrupt. The difference between you and, and me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a professional actually, politician. That's I've the difference. Actually, who can answer uh, a question? I've actually given pardons. When I was governor of state of Indiana, it usually follows a finding of guilt and contrition by the individual that's been convicted. So, we'll look, we'll, if I'm president in the United States, we'll give fair consideration any pardon request. But if I may, <laughs> if I may, you know, it's not about looking back at, at January 2021. No, I'm sorry. And I listen, incoming swear words. If you got kids, earmuff them. That is a bullshit answer. The question was, Will you pardon Donald Trump if they try to throw a president of the United States in the first time in this nation's history in jail 
on some political persecution crusade against a man who challenged an election with clear issues. Do you not see the moral problem here where this is a man that's challenging an election in the midst of a once in a hundred year pandemic and in a moment where they had mailed in ballots for, you know, no excuse mail in ballots used and implemented for the first time really on a broad scale in our nation's history. Of course, there are going to be issues, but rather than deal with those issues and engage in good faith on how to make the system better, they're trying to throw the man in jail who's trying to reform the system. People, wake up. This is this is unbelievable. It's never happened before in this country's history. And Mike, Vice President Pence, you had an opportunity to say, absolutely, I will pardon President Trump because this is a witch hunt. It's a political persecution that should not happen in America. And it's time to move this country forward. Could have said any of that. But you know why he didn't? Because every one of these candidates, there are eight of them up there on that stage. They're all looking for a lane. And the political calculation is, is that, okay, Donald Trump is the front runner by 50 points. He's got the base of the party. He's got the America first patriots. They're his base. They're unshakable. I can never separate that base from Donald Trump. So why tread that lane? It's clearly owned by Donald Trump. Number two is Ron DeSantis, who up until you know the listless vessel comment was considered you know Donald Trump light, the future of the Republican Party, you know a steadfast protector of the MAGA base. Which again, I'm not sure that he is anymore. But that lane is also sort of dominated by Ron DeSantis, who's trying to make himself out to be you know Trump 2.0. Um, you know, Trump maybe all more controlled, more effective. I mean, this is how he's trying to brand himself, right? So Pence, I think Mike Pence, and again, I really like him. I really, really like him. But the political calculation here for for Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, is, you know, sort of Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Lincoln Project Lane of anti-Trump January 6th insurrection nonsense. And he needs to raise money. He needed to have 40,000 individual donors to be on that stage. He needs to raise money. And I think he's hoping that he can raise money from that group of people. I don't like that crap. I wish, you know, I think he'd be able to raise more money if he just stayed true to who he is. Uh, but look, sometimes that stuff happens on the campaign trail. Check out this, the the next part of this video with, with uh, Vice President Pence. Uh, uh, I want you to watch it. I want you to pay attention. Then I'm going to break this down for you as well and just tell you all why it didn't resonate with me. Go ahead and play it. It's about January 20th, 2017. I put my left hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible. I raised my right hand and I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And it ended with a prayer. So help me God. It was a promise that I made to the American people, but I also made it, it made it to my Heavenly Father. Every day for four years, I sought to keep that oath. And everyone on this stage needs to make it clear whether or not they'll do the same if they earn this job and the confidence of the American people. Now look, I've made it clear. I, I had hoped that the issues surrounding the 2020 election and the controversies around January 6th had not come to this, had not come to criminal proceedings. I would rather they had been resolved by the American people and the American people alone. But no one's above the law. And President Trump is entitled to the presumption of innocence that every American is entitled to. And we will make sure and extend that to him. But the American people deserve to know that the president asked me 
In his request that I reject or return votes unilaterally, power that no vice president in American history had ever exercised or taken, he asked me to put him over the Constitution. And uh, I chose the Constitution, and I always will. I had no Vice right president to overturn Pence. the election, and Kamala Harris will have no right to overturn the election when we beat them. Okay, let me just, this is why I told you it felt like I was watching a Republican debate from 20 damn years ago. The moment, the question was, will you pardon President Trump if he's convicted and you are elected president? The moment that he said, you know, I put my hand on Ronald Reagan, okay, blah, blah. All I heard was blah, 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 blah. Political BS, political talking points. I don't care about that. I want to hear what you're going to do. I don't want to hear your political talking points. I want to hear how you feel about a certain issue. Didn't get that from Mike Pence. And also, you know, he talks about doing his duty, you know, if, if he did not have the authority to send the send the electors back to the legislature, then why the hell did the Democrats scramble to close that loophole after President Trump left office? Of course, he had the authority. Now, whether he thought he wanted to use it is up to him. And again, let's dispel with this notion, by the way, that President Trump tried to overturn the election. All his position was just send these. Let's just take a pause while we figure all this stuff out. Send the electors back to the state to the state legislature, because they're the ones that are best positioned to look at this stuff in detail. And if I'm if I legitimately lost this election, so be it. But they didn't even allow him to do that. They didn't allow the process to play out. And that's why people don't trust the the that's why people don't trust the results of the election. That's why people still have questions. Okay, Tim Scott, Doug Burgum, Asa Hutchinson. Tim Scott really liked the guy. Uh, reminds me more of a statesman in the 1980s as somebody who's ready for this moment right now, but could not be a more uh, like a nicer guy. Like Asa Asa Hutchinson, like it's time for you to go, man. Like there's absolutely no lane for you here. Um, you're a complete and total joke. Like everybody knows it. Um, and Doug Burgum seems like a nice guy, but you don't have a shot. Like, again, there are precious little resources and donors out there. You're sucking up donor funds. It could be, could be best spent on, you know, election infrastructure and things like that. Um, let's pivot to, uh, Trump and Tucker. Okay. Now, before I get to that, if you're watching this show and you've been with us for the first 48 minutes of the show, um, Please, please, please go and, and rumble. Hit the like button on this video. Subscribe to my page, okay? Or go to officialseanparnell.com. We just rolled out Battleground Apparel, the Battleground Apparel Company. It is an apparel company for American patriots, for patriots who believe this country is exceptional. They're rolling out lockdowns again. It's coming down the pike. Isn't it interesting how it always comes right at election season? You see this shirt, says do not comply. It's part of, battle, it's part of the Battleground Apparel line. If you believe in this country, you believe it's exceptional, go to officialshawnparnell.com, grab you merch. Um, this show's founding sponsor is Deepwell. It's an amazing American energy company. They took a chance on this com- on uh, on this show way back in January when we were at its in- when it's in- when this show was in its infancy and it was just a concept. Um, without them, we would not be here interviewing people like Don Jr. right now. Again, this is Battleground Live. We are protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States every night, five days a week at 5 p.m. So um, thank you to Deepwell. Um, and thank you all who are watching right now. Like th- th- uh, This show is for you. 
It's 100% for you. And it's stuff that you're not going to get on the mainstream media because we talked about with Don Jr. They completely wouldn't even allow him in the spin room for some inexplicable reasons. Absolutely crazy. Um, okay. Trump Tucker, get to this real quick. Um, 200 million plus views as of right now, um, aired exclusively on X. Um, it's easily, easily, easily the most watched interview in history, broadcast with no ad breaks, no corporate filter, no censorship whatsoever. Um, when Fox, okay, when Fox broke the debate ratings in 2015 because of Trump, now this is from Rich Barris, the People's Pundit. This guy's great, one of the best pollsters in the business. But when Fox broke the, broke the debate ratings in 2015, they broke a record. It was because of Trump. 24 million viewers. It won't come anywhere near the Tucker Carlson interview with Donald Trump, which was 74 million at the end and now over 200 million. You know, Trump won the debate based on that alone in the opponent errors at the debate. Again, that's from Rich uh, Barris of the, of the People's Pundit. Um, but here's a real interesting thing. And I've got lots of friends at Fox News been going on that show, uh, on those shows and on that network way back when my first book came out way back in 2012. Um Again, lots of friends, both producers and hosts, lots of great people at, at that network, but they're not even allowed to mention the Trump-Tucker interview. Doesn't that seem a little crazy to you? Trump is a former president of the United States, has been indicted four times, being arrested today at 730. I, I mean, he's running for president. He's the front runner in the race, and they're not even allowed to talk about the Trump-Tucker interview because of what happened with Tucker and the way that he was let go. I mean, maybe they see it as competition, but isn't that crazy? I mean. The, the interview that Donald Trump had with Tucker was pretty damn good. I mean, he asked some pretty awesome questions. You would think that that would generate news on Fox, but it didn't. The decision, I have to say, folks, just kind of baffles me. Um, I want to get right to um, these the, the Trump interview, uh, the Trump and Tucker talk about Chris Wallace, because this is just kind of funny to see the unvarnished talk behind the scenes like this. But check out... Um, Check out their comments on Chris Wallace. It's funny. Biden and thinks someone else has got to be running the government. Well, somebody else has to be. Uh, I don't think he's capable of doing no. anything. Look, when I debated him, I said, how come? And this was in front of probably not a friend of yours, Chris Wallace. He was the moderator. Not a friend. I said, why did why is it he wants to be Mike, but he doesn't have the talent. It's one it's of those bitchy little, little man. He wanted to be his father, but he didn't have the talent of his, his father was great. His He's father, a little fussy man. His father interviewed me <laughs> in 60 minutes. It was actually a 10. Can you believe I, it? No, I told you, I his father got, had talent, at no, least. I may have been the only guy that he gave a good 60 minutes. So he was rough. Really? His father was tough. He was great, though. He was great at what he did. But uh, Chris Wallace was so upset. He was guarding this guy who wouldn't do a show, by the way. You know, he wouldn't do. I figured. I didn't mind Chris Wallace because uh, he wouldn't do, Biden wouldn't do a show. And it was very obvious, you know, he kept asking him and asking, but he wouldn't do the show. So I figured he's got to like me, but he came from a different planet. But remember when I asked the question, why is it that the mayor of Moscow's wife is allowed to give you three and a half million dollars? Don't forget that was brought up now. It's brought up all the time, but that was brought up by me long before anyone ever heard of it. I said, the mayor of Moscow's wife giving you three and a half million dollars. What did you do to deserve three and a half million dollars to Biden? And Chris Wallace said, this doesn't, uh, this has nothing to do with the debate. <laughs> I mean, he fought. He got in the way of the question. No, he, well, it was, it was crazy. And I said, well, wait a minute. He got three and a half million for the mayor of Moscow's wife. 
Now, people forget that, but if you go back and take a look, you will see. And Chris Wallace didn't want me to ask that question. I said, I think it's a very appropriate question. It turned out to be much more appropriate than people thought. Let's go back and take a look at that debate footage, shall we? Of Trump, Biden, 2020. It's debate footage from 2020 with Chris Wallace. Um, and I remember watching this and Trump did call this out. And by the way, we know now 100% right. Let's go ahead and roll that tape. Watch this. Deficit China with ate Mexico. your lunch. All right, gentlemen. China ate your lunch, Joe. And but, no wonder but, your son goes in and he takes out, what, he takes out huh. billions of dollars takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why Simply is it, true. just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve $183,000? None of that is true. None of that is true. Oh, really? He totally didn't totally give no, million? Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice, he got three and a half million dollars. That is not true. Oh, really, Mr. Oh, President? Mr. You, it's an it's an open discussion. Please, now, you, you, it's a fact. Well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Barista pay him one hundred eighty-three thousand a month with no experience in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did, Mr. President. Let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And the great. media. By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank, by, e by everyone has discredited. Matter of Dude, fact, Nick, matter of fact, Mr. even President, the people who testified under oath. So let me ask oath. you this. Henry, no, no, oath. go ahead, Mr. Henry, I'm listening to you. People under, he got three and a half he, million he testified, dollars from Moscow. He testified under oath in his administration, said, I did my job and I did it very well. Oh, really? I did it I'd honorably. Like to know who they are. Every, well, I'll give you the list I'll of the people them. who testified. No, no, go ahead, sir. Sure, you, they, you've already fired most of them because they did some a good job. Some people don't well, do a good here's job. The, with you, Go ahead. You get the the wait a minute. You get the final word. Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Excuse me. This. Hey, hey this let me person. just say. You, no, no, no. I'm no. Mr. President. Three and a half Mr. million, President. Joe. That is simply. Why did he deserve true. three and a half million it from did, Moscow? Look, here's the deal. We want to talk about families and ethics. I don't want to do that. I mean, his family, we could talk about all night. His family's my already... Family's, no, 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 him, my family already lost wrote. a fortune by coming down ahead, and helping us ahead. with government. Ahead, and that's Every, such a... Right that's here, Mr. President. That's such a great, single one of them lost This is not about my family or his family. It's about your family. They the American like people. He doesn't... That's not true. It doesn't want to talk about what you need. You, the American people. It's about you. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, All right, that's the, end of the, that's the end of the segment. We're, mo money. we're moving on. He didn't take them. Well, Vice President, very, Chris, no. Can I be honest? It's a very important Try to be question. honest. No, I, he I stood up. No, stood I, up, I, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. No, I, sir. With a billion dollars, if you that is absolutely not true. You're doing it. You're going to have true. Gentlemen, I hate to raise my voice, but it seems to me, why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Good point. We have. Six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you. Okay. So 
Can you imagine your frustration as President Trump where no one is willing to ask Joe Biden these questions? In fact, you had 50 intelligence officials came out and lied about Hunter Biden's laptop. They said it was Russian disinformation. You have Chris Wallace, you know, who who is letting uh, trying to let Joe Biden respond. But Joe Biden is responding with lies and Donald Trump is trying to call him on it. But the moderator is not. It's just imagine being Donald Trump and being surrounded by fake news every day and have them attack your family every day. And you finally get up there on the stage to question Joe Biden about it. And you're prohibited really from doing that. And no one follows up. In fact, the entire media is against Donald Trump and spinning Biden's lies nonstop. Of course, now we know it's true. Uh, There's also something I want to highlight from the Trump-Tucker interview, and it's about they talk about um, the possibility of a civil war. Uh, This is important. Uh, Check this out. It's just a crazy question that that presidential candidates don't get all that often. Check this out. Do you think we're moving towards civil war? There's tremendous passion and there's tremendous love. Uh, you know, January 6th was a very interesting day because they don't report it properly. Uh, I believe it was the largest crowd I've ever spoken before. And you know some of the crowds I've spoken before. And uh, like July 4th on the mall, uh, I think they had a million people there. Uh, but I think that the biggest crowd I've ever spoken before was on January 6th and people that were in that crowd a very, very small group of people. And we said patriotically and peacefully, peacefully and patriotically, right? Nobody ever says that. Go peacefully and patriotically. But people that were in that crowd that day, very small group of people went down there. And then you, there are a lot, of, a lot of scenarios that we can talk about. But people in that crowd said it was the most beautiful day they've ever experienced. There was love in that. There was love and unity. I have never seen such spirit and such passion and such love. And I've also never seen simultaneously and from the same people such hatred of what they've done to our country. So do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? We seem to be moving towards something. I don't know because I don't know what it, you know, I, I can say this. Uh, there's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen. And that's probably a bad combination. Donald Trump, thank you. Thank you very much. Very much. Thank you. Fascinating question. And I think Donald Trump is right. There are people that are just totally and completely fed up with the corrupt, disgusting, entrenched bureaucrats. You can call them the deep state, you can call them whatever you want, but you didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for him, but they're clearly controlling the country. Joe Biden really is a complete empty suit. They, they got to throw the guy in a Lazarus pit every single day to wake him up just to get him just to be able to speak at the podium. Clearly, somebody's running the show and it ain't him. And people are fired up about it. And Donald Trump's response was that, look, there's unity, there's love. I mean, this the, these are the responses of somebody who takes the mantle of leadership seriously. He's weathered the storm for us. You know, so I, advi- I advise all of you, you know, go watch that Trump and Tucker interview. I mean, he asked some a great many things about why Trump wasn't at the debate about, you know, did he does he believe that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. He talks about the 2020 election and talks about how judges didn't want to take it up. I mean, it's a real wide ranging interview that I just, hey, go check it out. It's on Twitter. It's free. 
um, and it's informative. Uh, I want to pivot to one more thing um, before we end the show today. Uh, and it's something that broke last night, but the debate sort of sucked all the air out of the room. Um, so and I'm going to talk about Hunter Biden. I want to talk about Joe Biden very quickly because it's very, very, very important that you know this story. And we're, we're going to stay on it to make sure you have the facts. But again, nobody's really reporting on this. Um, we know that Hunter Biden traveled to at least 13 countries with his then vice president dad, Vice President Biden. Um, when he was leading, this is when Hunter Biden was leading the now defunct Rosemont Seneca Partners. Okay. Um, like, and this is in direct contradiction to Vice President Biden saying that Hunter Biden did not travel with him at all. If you remember, uh, Biden released a statement to the Associated Press back when he was vice president saying Hunter Biden doesn't doesn't travel with me anymore. This is when actually the Associated Press and many of the media outlets raised raised hell when they found out that Hunter Biden flew with Joe Biden on Air Force Two to conduct business with the communist Chinese. After that happened, Joe Biden said, Hunter Biden didn't travel with him anymore. This this article that right here on Fox News, uh, it proves that that's a complete and total lie. Hunter Biden traveled to at least 13 countries with his dad back then. Now, here's the real kicker, okay? One of those trips overseas to Serbia, okay? Joe requested and approved of an interruption in protection for Hunter from the Secret Service. Now, why would the vice president not want the Secret Service to follow his son around when he's overseas. So I've got a high-level source in the Secret Service done presidential protection details himself. Um, and he said that that under the condition of anonymity, he said that discontinuing protection for a member of the first or second family while they are overseas was highly unusual. Never heard of it happening. Now, there are moments where, you know, the son or daughter of the vice president will discontinue a grown son or daughter, right, will discontinue Secret Service protection when they're here in the United States. But it's unheard of when they're overseas. Now, why, why, why would Hunter Biden not want Secret Service protection while he's overseas? Could it be to cover up many of the illicit business deals that the Biden crime family syndicate executed while Joe Biden was vice president? I don't know where there's smoke, there's fire. I got to believe that's probably why. I mean, then we also just we also recently learned that Joe Biden used at least three different alias emails that one of which was hosted by the Department of Defense in the Pentagon uh, under the name under the pseudonym of Robert L. Peters. Why? Why use a pseudonym if the business that you're doing is legit? Why have your son ditch Secret Service Protection internationally when he's on when he's on trips with you as vice president? in countries that, that the Biden family crime syndicate has taken money from while he was vice president. These are all complete, completely fair questions. And these are questions. This is a story that we're going to stay on for you. But in the meantime, thank you so much for watching. Okay. This is a show for you. Uh, Battleground Live. It will air every single night at five o'clock right here, bringing you just truth straight from the trenches and really what we are doing is building a movement on this show american patriots who have just had enough who want to fight for this country who want to secure the best country on the face of the planet and make this country great not just for us now in this life but for our children and their children's children so please subscribe to this to this rumble channel like we need your help like hit that little green thumb so all the geeks at rumble know and understand where we are they notice the show it helps with algorithm stuff that i don't really understand but in the meantime 
Oh, yeah. Don't forget, uh, Battleground Apparel just rolled out an official SeanParnell.com. Uh, these shirts are just flying off the shelves, especially the Do Not Comply ones. You know, uh, again, it's a company for American patriots who love this country. Hell no to lockdowns. They're coming back. But again, thank you all for watching this program. God bless you all. And God bless this amazing country that we live in. Take care. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bob kids megan trainer fistle puma sarah mclaughlin get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just 25 dollars until now through may 14th Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.